peddlers and spice traders. Kiss your precious bambino, Civediamo. Hoist your spice cabinet onto your sturdy back and ride the spicy roller coaster of the Silk Road trade route. Because it's time to talk tall to me. Oh, it's so spicy. Oh, it's a spicy, it's a burning, it's a spicy meatball. Uh, this duck tal is not so fresh. Do you have the fresh or only the dried? Uh, I, I, only, I travel so much, uh, we only bring, bring dry talk tall to me. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. I am Omen Said. And I am Nick McGill. Together, somehow, we are Feckless Moms. And inevitably, this is Talk Tall to Me. A small-scale mercantile expedition into the marketplaces of Prague Rock, in which whole nutmeg Nick and oolong omen will smell, weigh, taste, and haggle over every single tasty track that toothsome rock band Jethro Tull ever produced. We will add a pinch of Martin Bar Basil, a dash of Dillseed De Palmer, and just a drop of Ghost Pepper Glasscock. All to make a spicy, delectable dish that we hope will tempt even the discerning palate of dear Ian Allspice Anderson, the man with the most judicious tongue of all. This, I just want to please his tongue. That's all I'm looking for at this point. No one has a more judicious, meaty tongue than Ian Anderson. <laughs> you know the tongue is one of the strongest muscles in the body? I do know that. That's oh, why I, that's is that a fact? I just sort of made that up. That's why I make that's why I, I work out only my tongue. I do tongue presses. Yeah. Yeah, I can I can deadlift probably a whole chicken wing with my tongue. I'm not, <laughs> not gonna lie. Don't try to live lift a chicken wing with your tongue. No, no, terrible. That's how you terrible. that's how you get diseases. Yeah. Nick, hello, how are you? Hello, woman. I am well. How are you? I am well. Before we get started, I wanted to play a quick round <gasps> of what, what are, are you, you drinking? It's been a while since we've recorded in the evening, so we can actually legitimately have ourselves a little little cocktail, a little drinky poo. Yeah, and my doctor tells me I'm not supposed to drink in the morning anymore. Um, my doctor tells me to only drink in the morning. That's oh, so weird. I quit coffee, but I'm. I'm very big into the vodka right now. <laughs> well, you have to, you know, you have to, it has to balance out. You can get coffee flavored vodka. So, I'm, I mean, you sure can. <laughs> so, Nick, what are you drinking Ooh, this fine evening? Today, I have myself a glass of a very spicy ginger beer, a splash of grapefruit juice, and topped it off with some Pims. How lovely. It is my version of a Pims cup. It looks tasty and Ooh. like it's full of vitamin C. It's zingy. It's very nice. I like a spicy spicy ginger beer. Mm-hmm. What are you having, Omen Said? Nick, I'm having my traditional Campari on ice. That's it. Just classic. Campari no. is uh, an aperitif or a digestif? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It depends. It, it depends. <laughs> depends on how you look at it. If you look at it from this side... An aperitif <laughs> from underneath. I just learned from from listening to the podcast, the Allusionist, the Allusionist, mm, which uh-huh. is I, I highly recommend to everyone. Yes, that the derivation of the word aperitif comes from the Latin apero or to open, and it is uh, apparently supposed to open one's bowels. 
Oh. To get things moving along so that you can eat. Oh, to em- empty, to make some room. Is that to it? Move them, move things along. Move things get along. things moving. Sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No. Well, to carry on from from that, I think quite apt, we have ourselves a little Marley. Thank you, Marley. Greatly appreciated. Uh, sorry about all the blood. Yeah, I mean, is this Halloween decorations? It's a it's a little early. It's October first. It's a bit early for. I was well. chopping down some trees, doing some woodwork on the grounds. And I'm assuming that's not blood from the trees. So are you are you okay? You know, we don't. I I. This is not a big enough company that I have to provide you health insurance. I just want you to be clear on that. Like. Sometimes you're the lumberjack, sometimes you're the tree. Could you bring a mop, please, to clean clean this up? It's going to stain this carpet, and I'm, I really, like, I've replaced enough things because of you, Marley. If you could, little little baking soda, a little... Uh... Death to the trees! <laughs> okay, go, go oh, get God, some firewood. So... Goodness, Marley. <sighs> Hope he doesn't well, encounter any Ents. Oh, that would be a great fight to see, though. It would. Before we get into our episode today, I've got yes, Nick. two little things that I would like to discuss really quick. Oh, you should talk to your doctor about those, Nick. He said, as long as I get enough sunlight, they'll go away. Okay. All right. That's fine. Then. <laughs> there is a, a very nice interview with Mr. Anderson on the courier.co.uk. Yeah. Great long interview. Another one that has some really good new answers and new questions. It's mm. nice. And uh, there is, uh, I'll just give you a quote, kind of out of context because you should definitely read it. But there is a quote from Ian saying, across over 5,000 concerts and 50 years performing around the world, you know, we've had a few cardiac arrests and a couple of suicides, both during a drum solo. Wow. Yeah. What a way to go. So I should warn the good people of Perth to avoid making it a hat trick. If you do feel like doing something terrible to yourself during the course of the concert, try not to do it during the drum solo. (laughs) That reminds me. I mean, of course, I think that it's just a numbers game at at some point. You know, if you perform to that many people over that many years, you're going to have some crazy things happen. Some, yeah, people not quite able to handle things, you know? Yeah. All I'll say is, if you're going to have a heart attack, why not during a Jethro Tull concert? That'd be a nice way to go Oh my gosh, yeah. Do you know which play has, play or musical, has the the highest audience death rate of any play? (sighs) Play. Play or musical, is that a clue that it's actually a musical? It is, it is both a play and a musical. Oh gosh. It's got to be like an opera. Is it an opera? It's not. It's, can I, shall I tell you? Yeah, please. It's Peter Pan. What? Apparently, it is a well-known phenomenon that when Peter and Wendy and Michael and John fly <gasps> off to Neverland for the first time, <laughs> it is not uncommon for some people to fly along with them. <sighs> Taken, take it off to Neverland. Yeah. Wow. I guess that, that makes cool? sense. Yeah. Bizarre. Yeah. Weird. The other thing that is, it's it's tall adjacent. I believe Tancoda, I think the, our listener Tancoda, I think you are a dinosaur file, a dinophile, and you will like this news if you haven't heard it already. Enigmatic fossils from the Isle of Wight reveal two new predatory dinosaurs. 
Oh. Yeah, two new types of Spinosaurid, no less. Both uh, both some pretty nasty Spinosaurus. Uh, it was a, a, a big old carnivore. Um, very cool Dis- uh, I... discovery on the, the Isle of Wight. I suppose Believe the Isle of Wight isn't too far from the Isle of Skye. Wait, did I say Isle of Wight? Oh. You did. I should just chop this whole thing. <laughs> Is it the Isle of Wight? <laughs> it's the Isle of Wight. <laughs> right. Le- leaving so it in Nick. because I'm embarrassed. <laughs> So, Nick, any other things to speak about before we jump into the song itself? No, no, I will drop both of those news articles in the show notes if you want to check those out, especially the dinosaur one. Yeah, who doesn't love new predators? I'm a dummy. Okay, yeah, let's get into today's song. Omen, this is a J-Man CeeLo favorite. We are listening to, oh, it is also a new song for you. We are listening to what, Omen? Commercial Traveler. All right. Let's travel. Let's let's have it travel to our ears. I'm going to buy it with the coins from my ear purse. So, Nick. Wow. Yeah, commercial traveler. What are your thoughts? I, there's so much going on there. It's a meaty song. It's got a lot of layers. It, uh, at some point, I'm like excited to talk about my, my first impressions and then maybe go back and listen to it again in a minute. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I love, I love the kind of grandeur of it. There's, there's, um, you know, some of the songs that we've been listening to recently have been, Kind of more pared down, more gentle. Some of them have been not fully finished. And Uh this is fully produced. This is like, I can see it happening on stage. It's got drama built into it. It's cinematic. You know, it's it's really fully realized. And that's that's nice. Yeah, it's very filled out. You said that on Spotify, you found it on the Steve Wilson remaster of Too Old. That's That's where it's listed, yeah. Yeah, so that's... I can see this being, I can see this fitting with too old sound wise. It's kind of like an outlier of that sound, but it, it's certainly, like you said, it's, it's, it's presentational. It's theatrical. It, it, it fits in with that, uh, that idea of, of that overall feeling of too old in general. It does even thematically, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's about someone moving from place to place and, you know, maybe being sort of an outcast to society, but still knowing that they have a role. Yeah. Or finding a role for themselves w- within their own existence. Yeah, that's, I was going to say with, what's his name? Oh, with Ray Lamas, he's he's reaching a point where he, he doesn't feel like he has a purpose anymore, which seems like the opposite of, of this character. Mm. This commercial traveler, like he is, I mean, we'll, we'll get into it with lyrics, but no, you're boy, right. he's pleased his punch to be who he is. Yes, absolutely. And and he's very clear about his role in society, whereas Ray Lamas needs to be told by society what his role is. He needs he needs the validation from the outside. I want to be valued. How do you value me? I'll do anything. Just tell me what it is. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. Especially if it's with your breasts. Yeah. It, breasts, hop on the bike. We're good. But but this this song is really, as, as you pointed out, it's really, I'm going to tell you why I value myself. And yeah. I don't really care what you think. Yeah, it's it's kind of nice. I like that. I like the the pride behind it. I can see why 
people could get really into this song and why, you know, at a certain, on a certain level, this could become an anthem for someone. Sure. Yeah. 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 Before we get into too much more content, what do you, do you have any uh, thoughts on, on music, musicality? I, there's, there's so much going on musically. Yeah, there's a lot. There is some unusual, well, unusual foretell, the use of brass. Yeah, there's a lot of horn in this one. Yeah. And there's a lot of horn in this one, too. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. This is my Negroni. No, Campari? What are you drinking? Campari or Com- Negroni? Campari. Did you uh, say Mick, Mick Grody? I said Negroni. <laughs> oh. Also, that character from now on is going to be named Mick Grody. Mick Grody. Mick Grody. Yeah, there's there's a lot of brass. I, I heard French horn. I heard trumpet. I heard saxophone. There's strings going on in the background as well. Big old scoop of strings. Big old scoop of strings. And on top of that, every, everything else, we've we've got Martin. I've made the down payments on my Gosh, if this was too old, it would be one bassist. If this was circa heavy horses, it would be a different bassist. Who I'm, I'm not sure who we've got on the lineup for this one, but yeah, I there's something exciting about the rhythm too. I'm I'm not super sure about the time signature, but there's a lot of fun play with rhythm, especially in the sort of the chorus. I'm a dum 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 dum. Yeah, it it really helps. It helps with the the powerful drive. It helps with it. Oh, but it also kind of at the same time of of helping power through. It also lends to that the sweeping of the strings. So it's the the two sounds that I have in my head when I listen to this are the the punch of the horns, but also the sweep of the strings. The strings kind of make it stretch out a little bit, but at the same time, those horns those are horns are going. Yeah. Yeah, really cool. Really, really cool. The tune or the vocal line reminds me, I'm trying to place it, you know, in, in terms of other tall work. In terms of his, like his sound? Yeah. Well, in terms of the melody itself, not so much his voice. Oh, okay. It almost reminds me of something a little earlier because he, he does, you know, there's almost um almost like a war child sound to it. Oh, to with those strings, with the horns. We heard, we heard some, we heard some horns in War Child, I think. Yeah. Well, and, and specifically with the melody. Huh. The way that he's approaching it, not so much his voice, the quality of his voice, but the approach. He's sort of doing some of those, he's slipping into that, that sort of talk singing yeah. once or twice. Almost reminds me of Sea Lion. It makes me think of Bowie, to be honest. Early Bowie, before he before mm. the pageantry came about, it's got a very Bowie sound to me. I'll take it. I know yeah, I know I know you're not so so well versed in, in Bowie. And I'm not in no way am I um an expert in Bowie, but I listened to Bowie's first album a lot, a lot, a lot. The 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 album entitled David Bowie, believe it or not. Yeah. Huh. Anything else musically? Or do we want to take another listen to it really quick? Let's do let's do one more listen just to be 
Okay. Be safe here. Omen. Hi. So to get to the Isle of Wight from the Isle of Sky is 13 hours. <laughs> oh, They're on nothing. opposite ends of the UK. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we can stop the podcast now. Good times. Uh, <laughs> Good times. <laughs> Anything else musically? What do you got? The tune is so hard to pin down. It really, it almost, it reminds me of something musical theatery because it keeps changing its format mm-hmm. every every couple of lines. Yeah. It almost reminds me of something like Stephen Sondheim where he's always one step ahead of you. We're just as yeah. you were starting to catch up with like, oh yeah, I can sort of sing this thing. It switches to another, uh, it, uh, it just keeps switching it up. It's really cool. It goes minor. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a, there's a heavy complexity to this song. Yeah, definitely. And, and I identified some more moments, you know, where he, but I was moving anyway, where he kind of mm. goes into that voice. I love yeah. it. I think it's so much fun. Yeah. 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 What is that? Yeah, that's a War Child, I think, right? That's something from War Child that sounds very familiar. It's definitely Sea Lion. Sea Lion, yeah, yep. Wouldn't you like to see my lion? Yeah, I think there's another line in some some song where where he specifically says anyway. But I said it anyway. Oh, um. You got it, you got it. Dive deep, Nick, pull it out. Yeah, it's it's it might be off of one of those bonus tracks of War Child. I can think of exactly what you're thinking of, but I, I can't put yeah. a name to it. Yeah. Anyway, someone's screaming at their radio right now, or their their phone with the answer. Musically, this is like this is they've pulled out all of the stops musically except for flute and mandolin. Everything else is in here. Mm, that's true. I heard acoustic. There's very distinct like string strumming of acoustic, but there's also electric. We got bass, drums, piano, a, a collection of strings and a collection of brass. It's not super wangy. It's not super Martin heavy. No. No, but In when he does of... come when he does come forward, it's pretty prominent. It's pretty it's it's pretty electricy. Yes. But he doesn't have a lot of like really big riffs. It's more sort of general no. electric general um, structure. Electric, yeah. GE yeah. Generally, yes. <laughs> I, I mean, I think musically it's great. I think that it's it's really enjoyable to listen to. Mm-hmm. I am super excited to talk about the content. Let us do that then. All right, Nick. So now we must admit our disadvantage. We must, uh, I think in, in sports, they call it a, a handicap. Go on. And say that in fact we are not english it's true it's true i we've made it this far it's time we admit to you guys we are not coming out we are not english we're coming out as american hard for us i've never been more embarrassed in my life it's we but you know what nick i still i still love you do you i would love you even if you were even if you were a canadian I mean, I think I'd be more lovable as a Canadian, to be honest. I would love, I'd love myself more. I don't think there's anything that would help. <laughs> I'd love myself more if I were Canadian. <laughs> so the word traveler, uh-huh. we have to take a look at from an English perspective. And of course, sure. yeah. the word traveler in England has a long, a long and specific history. Specifically, it is one of the things to which it refers is 
the English Romani people who at this time of writing were often called gypsies, although they have since requested that people not use that term. Yeah, it's 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 the same thing as calling indigenous people Indians. Oh, yeah. Well, it's and it's right. It's it has this. Yeah, exactly. It's it has the same inaccurate origin and it's perceived as being something of a slur. That's precisely. Yeah. So travelers could refer to the Romani people in England. Uh It could also refer to people who I think in the States we would refer to as carnies. Sure. Okay. People I see who that. travel around to fairs uh-huh. and, you know, have a business that requires them traveling and, you know, almost every day. Mm-hmm. In the probably just starting around perhaps the time of writing, there was the term could have been applied to the new age travelers who were kind of the hippies who had bought vans. Oh, sure, sure. So it kind of encapsulates all of all of that. But there's an implication of you know, your job is to go from place to place. Yeah. A little later on, we have uh, the word tinker. Yep. Yep. Uh, uh, call me a soldier. Call me a sailor, a soldier. Well, it, it it pairs with that first line too. That first two lines is I'm traveling in pots and pans. Right. Call me a sailor, a soldier, a tinker man. I'm traveling in pots and Right. So, of course, a tinker is someone who repairs pots and pans. I think it comes from the word tin, or maybe it's maybe it's the, the sound, tink, 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 mm, that you get from yeah. repairing pots and pans. But a tinker yeah. is someone who goes around repairing pots and pans. Back in a time when there would be vacuum cleaner repairmen and iron repairmen, and when you sure. would you would have someone come in and fix your things because you couldn't just pop out to, to the the big Walmart down the street and buy a new one, you know, people would, would repair things. And there are professions that still use that model here in the States. It's not uncommon to see. I have seen a number of times when I've been at the barber, you, the, the man who comes around and sharpens scissors mm. comes by. Oh, sure. And yeah. He literally has a van and he has some sharpening equipment and he comes in and sh- makes everything super sharp with mm-hmm. his specialty equipment. Yeah. Gets, gets paid and goes off to the next shop. Yeah. Tinker as a noun mender of kettles, pots and pans, etc., is a lot of etymologists do not like how easy an etymology it is to say that it's the sound of the, the tinking that's, that's too uh, yeah, clean. Yeah. I think it must come from tin. It's interesting. I'm, I'm not seeing that. It seems like they don't really know. It actually appeared in the mid 13th century as a surname of uncertain origin. So it was a lot as Cooper, Fletcher, you know, sure. it was your surname to, to your, your career. Trader. Yeah, your trade. Thank you. Yeah. Well, and it is a job. It is a profession which is often associated with Romani people. Sure. You know, that was a, there were certain groups of of Roma people who would specialize in that. And Mm -hmm. that would sort of be their, how they would make their money as they would travel. Right. Because it it ties in perfectly with the traveling. You know, you're not going to set up shop and stay there forever. You're going to go town to town Every, you come back to the same town once a year and you say, hey, who's got more pots and pans right. for me? Exactly. Yeah. Now, there's a fun little thing buried in that first line. Call me sailor, a soldier, a tinker man. That seems like a reference to the novel. Sure soldier. does. 
Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. So, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. So yes, that, and that seems to be a reference to that book, the novel by John Le Carré, mm-hmm. published in 1974. So it would have been quite topical in the range of years that this could have been written. And it's spy fiction, which we know Ian yes. is a fan of. So yeah, that fits in. Oh, do we know that? Yes, we do. Yeah. Where did I read that? I think we get into that when we get into Under Wraps, I think. Oh, I think that's his his yeah, big cool. uh, his big into like Cold War uh, Russian spy thriller kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, already in the first line, we're like, there's so much to dissect. Mm. And, but and we also get into the the idea of him being proud. He's happy. He's 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 bragging, although he is saying. If he is a traveler, you know, if he is Romani here, he's he's saying, don't ever call me a gypsy. So so he's saying, hey, don't call me that because that's offensive to my people. Or if he's not a Romani, he's saying, I may be doing the things that the Romani are known but for I'm my doing. Own, I'm my own thing. I'm my own thing. Don't call me that. That's a that's a slur. That's offensive to me, you know. Right. As a man, as opposed to my people. Well, and the, and that term does is associated with all of the negative aspects of of traveling people. Sure, right. Yeah. Or perhaps worse, the romantic aspects of uh, that are mm. that are imposed upon people who travel. Yeah. But he does say that uh I've made the down payment on my caravan. Now you're looking at a commercial traveler. He's just like it's so he's, funny. He's puffing his chest out. He's so yeah. proud at this. I'm a commercial traveler. Now maybe you think that I haven't a fiver to put to my name. Well, it's all the same to me because I'm rolling filthy rich. So rolling here, we got the rolling of the wheels of right. the, the the traveling, but he's also like rolling in the money, filthy rich. It's right. funny. Well, I like. Is he, is he rich here, or is this like is he like spiritually rich? Is he just so happy with his life that he's fulfilled, and that's that's all he needs? It's interesting. It's it's ambiguous. I think it is intentionally it really is, ambiguous. Yeah. It works uh-huh. both ways. But it is funny. It's like he's saying, I'm not a bum. I'm a professional bum. <laughs> <laughs> there's just there's such a the way the way I see it is there's such such a sweet naivete and such a pride there that like I it's so endearing to me, this song, this narrator, this this commercial traveler. It's so mm. endearing to me. And then, however, when we get into the second stanza, we get a little little Ian um A little Ian naughtiness. A little Ian naughtiness, yeah. Just I'll, the tip of the flute. I'll I'll visit you when your old man's away. I'll mm. give you a good price on the time of day. And never say no to a gypsy. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, so right. Don't use that term unless it turns you unless on. Unless it's convenient, yes. <laughs> I can do a turn on the front room floor. Madam, you're looking at a commercial traveler. Oh, it's so funny. 
Yeah, there's very much a thing of like, I'll fix your pots and pans and whatever else it needs yeah. attention. Yeah, do a turn is like to turn a trick, you know? Yeah, I mean, it could also be, you know, do do your turn on the dance floor. But... Exactly, yeah. More ambiguity. Yeah, but I think it's quite clear ambiguity it's, in that yeah. case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More, uh, I you don't think I have a fiver to my name. It's all the same to me because I'm rolling. And then we get into the chorus or the the bridge, I guess where we get a little glimpse into the less the less romantic side of our sure. our narrator here he lives under a flyover out in the green so so probably like right outside of a a, a uh, an, air, an airport right the camp is an eyesore like you've never seen <sighs> and the council came round to move me away but i was moving anyway i live under a flyover out in the green the camp is an eyesore like and the council came around to move me away, but I was moving anyway. So, uh, Nick, that's this is such an interesting line. This is such an interesting stanza. Yeah. In countries that have real traveler populations and specifically Romani populations, mm-hmm. there is so much angst and moral ambiguity regarding what happens because, you know, specifically with the Roma people, these are people who do not have their own country. They yeah. may or may not be citizens of the country they're in. Right. Their legal status is uncertain and they are, you know, it's it's half of one, six, a dozen of the other. It's half of one, six, a dozen of the other, whether it's, you know, is this lifestyle by choice or is it enforced on them by society because they don't give them any other options. But right. they do form these camps in really unlikely, untenable places such as under bridges and all this. And I, you know, I saw this when I was living in Paris mm. and different governments go through phases and have been going through these phases for the last thousand years or so. Yeah. Of saying, all right, we're going to destroy that camp. We're going to turn them out. No, no, you've got to roll on. You've got to move down the road. Oh, and it's quite nasty, really. You know, and sometimes people, you know, these the people who live these lifestyles for, for whatever reason, I think often are exposed to a certain amount of state-sanctioned violence. Sure. It's that weird, gross aspect of we're not a citizen, so we don't have any rights, and so no one's going to help us, but we can't do what we're doing, but we don't have any other option. You know, it's this, like, it's this intricate... <sighs> also at play, at least in England, are the... There's some, I forget what they're called. We've sort of talked about them before, but like, you know, like the right to ramble. Sure. Yeah. Or the commons laws. Mm. You know, so there are various spaces which, yeah, in theory, anyone could go and camp in. Right. But heaven forbid you like set up a, a relatively permanent camp. You know, it's like, oh, you can go, you can go there for the weekend, but don't, don't you dare live there. That's not what it's for. Well, yeah, it's sort of that. And there's an aspect of like, Yes, anyone can camp there. Ooh, but not you. Not you. Yeah, yeah. You're disturbing people. Yeah. What, with my kick-ass violin? Get out of here. (laughs) 
You hate flutes? <laughs> That's not what your wife said last night. Oh, sorry, last morning. Yeah, it was I'll visit your I'll visit you when your old man's away. Yeah. So, but but then the attitude of but I was rolling anyway. It's like yeah, yeah it doesn't bother me. Yeah, the, and that that to me feels like like one of those convenient. One of those like, oh, I didn't want to be here anyway when you get kicked out, you know? Like, oh, I didn't want right. to go to this stupid club anyway when the bouncer doesn't let you in. You know? Yeah, this bar sucks anyway. Yeah. When they kick never. you out after throwing up into the potted plants. Yeah. I want you to know, Nick, that I have never personally been thrown out of a bar more than once at the <laughs> same bar. No, I've never been thrown out of a bar. I want you to know personally, I've been thrown out of every single bar I've ever <laughs> been to. You've, you've, you've never been bounced out? I've been thrown into some bars. Like jail jail bars? Get the, 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 the drunk, was it the drunk tank? Yeah. No, I've, I've been thrown out of a taxi. Have you really? Yeah. You Jason Statham over here, my God. Who's Jason Statham? He's a bald-headed English man that does like action movies. Is he in the Fast and the Furious movies? I don't know. You'll recognize oh. him when you see him. Oh, I think I know who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. No, it was vomit related. Um. Anyway, <laughs> so then let's see the next verse here. Well, then it goes. Yeah, we go back into repetition. Yeah. So, I mean, also, I think we should clarify for any American listeners who are unfamiliar. A caravan in this context means a mobile, a, a camper, a mobile home. An RV. Yeah. An RV. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, in probably in, in various states of, of disarray. But he has made the down payment on the caravan, so well, it's... And that's sort of the implication here that, you know, he's he is rich. He could afford to put a down payment on a new caravan. I mean, there's no guarantee that he's going to keep paying. That's the thing. Right. If, if I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm 25% joking here. Like, you scrape up enough money to get the down payment, and if you're a, a traveler, if you don't have an address... I think yeah, what are they going to do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. So, Nick, where do we think this song falls? Like, is is this purely, oh, on the train I drove past the, the Traveler encampment and wanted to write a song about them? Or is there, how? You know, what percentage of it is, is observational and what percentage of it is I, Ian, identify with that traveling lifestyle oh. because I am traveling around peddling my flute from place to place and in this club they said I sucked and so I but I was already going to my next gig anyway. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. I I saw it as an aqualung situation, but I do like I do like trying to to ply it into to Ian's to make an allegory for Ian, you know. Mm. He is a traveler. You know, by by trade he is a traveler. He is neither sailor, soldier, nor tinker, nor gypsy. And yet, through his songwriting, he is all of those He things. is all of them, yeah. He does fit the part because he is writing as the narrator, because he is writing as the commercial traveler, but also he fits the part as, as the traveler. And, and ultimately, like, there is this, there's this fraternity, there's this brotherhood of travelers, people that you can, can share the experience with you know like like we couldn't commiserate with ian about the 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 tour life the tour life you know but another band he could uh if he if he meets a, a traveler he could you know so potentially I, that's interesting I, I mean the difference the big di- i mean i i would say it's like 80 20 80 percent observational 
20% identifiable. I think that's a, a pretty good assessment. I think it's I think it's mostly like maybe Ian saw it or like just something. Yeah, I mean, we he has written entire songs based on like a news story that he's heard before too. Absolutely. So, so there's no reason this couldn't have been like simply inspired by something and and it it 20% conveniently kind of fits into maybe being a bit of a Venn diagram of Ian himself. But I th- and part of that is just being a good storyteller and being able to put oh, yourself sure. mentally into the into the state of being of someone who may be unlike you. Right. That's and that is one of my that is one of the things that I've learned doing this this process breaking down all of these songs. Wait a minute, you've learned something doing this process? <sighs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I wasn't <laughs> that was supposed not to our agreement. <laughs> but that that's the thing that I've really 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 come to appreciate Ian as a songwriter that, yeah, that he, it's really he's, extraordinary his his poetry but there there's are equal parts poetry and simplicity and really like you said being able to embody whatever narrator whatever singer it is who is is presenting this song to us like it's it's so much more than i think it's so much more than if he were singing all like really personal things you know, I think there's a there's a level of complexity that that you bring into it if you are telling us a story as opposed to like my my baby broke up with me. Uh, yeah, it's there's a reason why the people who like Jethro Tull really like Jethro Tull. Yeah, and and for the longest time I couldn't put it to words, but I I think that I think we're really getting into now that we're I'd say we're over we're we're about halfway through. Maybe, <laughs> hopefully. Um, actually, let's see what what episode is this going to be? Commercial Traveler, one forty four. We're not quite halfway, but we're we're close. So now that we're 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 very nearly halfway through the catalog. Oh my gosh! By the way, we don't. First of all, we don't know how many songs are coming out on Zealot Gene. One hundred songs. Second of all, the final Steve Wilson remix for Beastie is Ian said in in the the live concert from just a week ago that's posted on YouTube now I'll drop that into the show notes for everybody drop it like it's hot Ian said that the one of the bonus track or one of the bonus discs will be 20 never before released songs shut up <laughs> shut your face that's bad news for us <laughs> so that's Good that's, news for our listeners bad news for oh us my, that's 5 more months of talk tell to me that's a lot Oh, <laughs> I want to go. Okay, I want to go back to the song and yes, and yeah, rope yeah. together the interview that you brought up at the beginning of the mm. of the episode. Please, okay. So part of this pride of lifestyle is this thing of like I live in the way I live in this extraordinary way that you couldn't possibly understand, and my life has meaning because of that. Mm-hmm. I have this rich. I have richness. You know, whether it's the richness of experience or actual monetary richness, right? And there's a kind of a that pride leaves, leads to this attitude of like, this is me and I'm going to do me until I die, no matter what. Sure. Yeah. You know, I will go the hardest on this path and you can't change me. I will die doing this. One of the things that I loved about that interview that is in the show notes is the interviewer suggests something about retiring to Ian. Yeah. And Ian says something along the lines of, no, no. I'm, we're really, you know, people like me, we're really die with your boots on type people. Yeah. And then he goes on to say, I love this. 
He says, if I do die doing what I love, I just hope it's at the end of the show. Because if it was during the beginning of the show, we'd have to give the money back to the people and that would kill me. <laughs> yeah, there is, there's a really nice, there are some really nice glimpses of Ian's, Ian's sense of humor in that article. Yes. You know. It's dark. It's it's dark. It's a dark sense of humor, but I mean, I think that's why we like it. But it's it's mm. nice. It's not it's not cold and cut and dry. It's a really good interview. You know, I think I would have preferred to have to have heard the audio for it. I just I do love when he when he really gets the chance to speak and and speak about something passionately. And it seems like he had that behind him during this article. Sure, but it's it's a really really good read. Yeah, Nick Omen. If this song were a pet, what kind of pet would it be? Oh, my gosh. It would be... (laughs) It would be a snake. Okay. That is ready to shed and hungry. Oh. So it's it's constantly like, like... gliding back and forth in front of its glass looking for food. Wow. But it's also constantly on the move because it's trying to loosen up the skin to get ready to shed it. It's ready to evolve into its next form. Just a bigger snake, though. I mean, that's (laughs) that's the worst Pokemon. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. Yeah, always, always on the move. Hungry for more. Hmm. The weatherman says something's on the move. Oh, we'll get there soon. (laughs) We will. It's coming up. Anything else about this song, Omen? It's fun. If this song were a product that could be sold door to door, what would it be? Or no, 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 no. I take Mm. it back. If you had to live the commercial traveler life, what product would you sell door to door? Wow. Anything. Anything at all. Even if it's impractical, like what would you? I think I would sell therapy door to door. I think oh. I would. I'd, I'd, I'd really be like, all right, I'll, I'm going to. This is a one off. Yeah. Tell I, me all your problems. I'll be back in a year. So I'll be back in a year. Yeah. Exactly. This isn't this isn't a weekly appointment. Wow. And there would be there'd be rum involved. I'd be it'd be a well, the, the rum would be part of the service. So would you, would you just spend like a week in town and only visit like 10 people? Not even that many. No? It's a very, it's a, and it's, it's a very exclusive and expensive service. So would I it, also steal something from the house. Would, <laughs> <laughs> no, you replace it with something that you stole from another house. Of, so, of, of equal or lesser value. So you, you, you drive these people while you are giving them therapy. You are also driving them mad because they, they cannot find their spatula trivet. But <laughs> where the hell did this ceramic cat come from? Right. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, Nick, I have a quick pasta story for you. What well, I, yes. I'm so glad you saved the pasta story for a commercial traveler. I knew that's what you were going for. <laughs> Speaking well, speaking of speaking of travelers, speaking of people who pedal things, in northern Italy there was this whole group of people who would hike across the mountains to Eastern Europe and purchase small quantities of spices 
that had come across from Asia and the East in general. And then they would bring them back to Italy and sell them. And it was, you know, peppercorns and cinnamon and stuff like that. Was it like extra fresh or exotic? Like, why wouldn't you just go to the, the grocery store? Like, what's the draw there? Oh, because it was because it was like in the 14 and 1500s. Oh, oh, I thought you were saying like this was when you were in Italy. Never mind. <laughs> I, I should have clarified. No, I was there in the 1600s, Nick. God. Yes, <laughs> jeez. The 80s. The 1680s, obviously. So and they would they're they're they would have these backpacks that were basically like little spice cabinets where it'd be all these little drawers. Oh, cool! I've seen some woodcuts of them that are really fun. And you know, on the way back, they'd be like, "Oh, what do you want? Take a look at my spice rack." Yeah. But because they were from the area of Friuli Venezia Giulia, which is in the very northeast part of Italy, some very unusual forms of pasta developed in those areas. Mm. Because they had small quantities of all this really exotic stuff. And so there are some recipes for filled pastas that is, they're like a ravioli, but they're stuffed with potatoes with coffee and cinnamon and nutmeg and cheese. And it's just like all these just things that you're like, why would you put that in the pasta? And then you eat it and you're like, oh, because that's all they had, but it turns out it is delicious. Exactly. So it's like a chai pierogi, basically. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a good way of describing it, yeah. And, oh, and everyone has a very different opinion about how to make them in the recipe and, oh, and get advice about it. Yeah. Is this, are these some of those recipes where like, it, takes, it takes years and years of training to be able to do it right, and some of the people are... Some of the recipes and the techniques are, are dying off because there are not enough people learning from the the, the nonas who are, are just getting older and older. Probably, although it's, it is also one of those things that that where there's a lot of family pride in this is oh, our family's sure. recipe. Sure, sure, so sure. So it's one of those things that is, you know, made sure to be passed on when yeah. possible. Gotcha, gotcha. Nick, anything else regarding commercial traveler? No, I I. I don't have anything else, Omen. I think it's a fun song. I can see why J-Man really loves it. I'm sure he will let us know specifically why he likes it. Yeah. Can't wait to, to hear why. I'm, I'm guessing some of it has to do with the music because it's, it's, a, it's a ripper. It's really good. Speaking of ripping, what are we listening to next week? Oh my goodness. Believe it or not, the final, final of the bonus tracks. I feel like you've said that before. No, I have several times, but this time I mean it. I've been burned before, Nick, but I'm (laughs) I'm ready to love again. I don't trust you. This one is, this is like an, I think it's like an eight minute song. It's a long one. It's also really darn good. It is Old Aces Die Hard. Ooh, well. Yeah, it's really good. Until next week, if you want to feed your local moms, you can make a delicious pasta stuffed with you know, whatever you have. Five stars, a review, a Patreon subscription. Throw it all in there. Throw it all in there. Wrap it in pasta. Boil it. Serve it with a provocative bechamel. And uh, we'll eat it up. We're going to offer a new new thing of merch called Locomom- local, local Moms Breath. <laughs> Sounds like lo- locomotive I, breath. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how well that would sell. Just a jar of my exhalation. 
Until next week, I am the ancient dried peppercorn, Omen Said. I am the shoes worn thin so your besocked toe sticks out, Nick McGill. We are the dust that collects in the bottom of the spice cabinet, Feckless Momes. <laughs> and this is that dented pan that you, you've... You've made it work for long enough. It's time to get it repaired. I'm here. I'm not going to be back until another year. Let me fix that pan. Oh, we're talk tall to me. Oh, this washing I have to do. Oh, the stains. Harold and his... Oh, who could... Who could that be? I'm not expecting a guest. Oh, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. Oh, hello, madam. I, uh... It's been... It's been about 12 months since I've been in this part of the neck of your woods. Ah, <laughs> uh, I... I... You, you seem vaguely familiar. You look as fresh as a mountain daisy after the dewdrops have adorned her brow. Oh, thank you. This is this is a new house coat. Would you? I have fresh spices from the Orient, Madame. Would you care to scent them with your nose? Smell them. Oh, oh! What is? Is that? Is that they sumac? Call that, they call that Old Bay seasoning. Oh. Oh, I'll put that on my crab. I'll take I'll take two pinches. Let me put it on your crab for you. Oh, fresh. Please, Harold. Harold's at work. I can't I shouldn't be doing this. Do do you have anything around the house that's dull in need of sharpening, refreshing? I have a I have a pair of scissors that I hack off my hair with every five days. Oh, oh the, the gyrations. Oh, look at that. The movement. You can finally cut the bond between you and your 20-year-old son now. (laughs) Oh, those apron strings, they're impenetrable. Get him out of the house. Get out there. Go get a job. (laughs) Do you you hear that, Jerry? What is... uh, Oh, I have this pan that I was about to throw away. Could you perhaps... uh, I'd better test it. Make sure of it. Oh, my. Oh. Oh. It's good enough to make these chocolate-covered strawberries. Let me insert one delicately into your mouth. I've never had strawberries before. There's, there's one more thing that you should buy from me. Oh, oh, oh yes. Oh, yes, the price. Just, oh. The price is the cost that it is. Oh. It is not inexpensive. But I have a discount code for you. Anything for you, you wildly exotic little man. The discount code is... Talk tall to me as a proud member of the Feckless Momes Audio Network. Oh, I haven't been spoken to like that in, I would say, about 12 months. It's my penis! Oh!